Coming up this hour, I spent the night last night in a large crowd. What was that like? And then what does forgiveness actually look like? You are listening to The Common Good. Hey friends, welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us on this hump day on this Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> it's, it's a Wednesday, but it doesn't feel like a Wednesday since we had Monday off. I'm very thrown off this week. Okay, so would you prefer to have worked on Monday? No, 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 no. That was not a complaint. That's just me saying I'm readjusting. Aubrey Sampson has just declared she does not want Mondays off. I never want holidays off. I am a workaholic. She does not. Just simply not to throw her week. For those of you who did enjoy Monday, but no, it's still Wednesday. Today is that day. We're glad that you are with us today. Besides being thrown off, day going well, everything going well today? Everything's going great today. It's beautiful outside. Kevin and I got a date night later tonight because the movies are open again, so I'm feeling good. Like, How about you? You had a big night last night, right? Like we haven't been on a date until the movies <laughs> Right, we have open. waited for the movies. It's been 15 months since we're, I've spent time with my husband. And we're now going on five straight weeks of dates. Just <laughs> not, not weeks, days. Just going. Just, Just going to see all the movies Ever. <laughs> I was like, Aubrey, I just want to go to dinner. No. No, no. We will sit in a dark movie theater and not talk. Yeah, yesterday was a big day for me because uh, I went with my, so let's see, this will require some background story. My okay. daughter, my oldest daughter, Madeline, and three of her friends, uh, you know, they're, they just finished their junior year of high school. They're all trying to figure, like, they're spreading their wings. Yeah. Right? We want to go yeah. to the city. We want to do this. That's fine. So they decided that they were going to go to last night's Cubs game. I helped Madeline buy tickets. Nice. Well, then the whole cool. question became, how are you going to get there? Yeah. And there was talk of the train and the red line. And I was yeah, like. Yeah, tickets to Wrigley's. You know, you got to take the train in and get know. another train. Yeah, it's like, the whole thing. And it was a night game. So I'm like, all right, I can understand the train going in. But how are you getting home? Another mom was going to go pick him up who works in the city. Okay. Uh, and then I had a meeting canceled last night. And I said, hey, I'll make a deal with you. What if I drive both ways, but I bring your brother and we go to the game, but we sit in the other side of the stadium? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> like That's good so. parenting. <laughs> so all that to say, I went to the Cubs game last night. Hi. So my daughter and her friends were in one area down the first baseline. Jackson and I were up in the upper deck, third baseline. Never the two would meet. Nice. And uh, here was the deal. It was A, it was just beautiful outside. Yeah, I hit gorgeous my mic again. Night. It was beautiful outside, night game. It was just one of those summer nights where you're like, okay. Yeah. Breeze starts coming. You start getting a little chilly. Love that. Uh, two, uh, saw our coworker, who is also the organist, uh, saw him, John nice. Benedict. John Benedict. He That's waved cool. out of his little, his little booth at me. <laughs> That's awesome. Three, realized... Wait, I gotta interrupt you. Did you see his cool cub shoes he got for his birthday? He posted about them? Only online I saw them. Yeah, no. those were pretty legit. No, we didn't go up into the booth. Oh, like, literally, okay, okay. he texted me and I said, hey, we're walking towards you. And he looked out the window and waved <laughs> uh, to us down. Okay. Uh, and then three, I realized, see, I, you know enough about me to know that I love baseball games. I love baseball. Yes. I particularly like it when the Mets are in town, my team, but they're not. So this was just a random Cubs-Padres game. And I'm starting to realize I'm that old guy. Like, I've turned into the guy that I used to make fun of who's, like, the sixth inning. I'm like, you guys still good? Anybody want to go home? Anybody feeling tired like, or I'm bored looking, yet? I'm looking up at the clock thinking to myself, 
Oh, it's going to be an early morning tomorrow. <laughs> like, I've turned it's into that. I'm like, sad. A, I'm a Seinfeld skit. I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay, Jackson. My son never wants to leave. So my hope was that my daughter and her friends, we'd already, yeah. I said, hey, whenever you want to go. You, you t- just I'd, let me know. I'd already told Jackson, whenever Madeline and her friends text that they want to go, we're leaving. Like, we're kind of tagging along with them. Yeah. And so I texted her at like the seventh. And I'm like, hey, you guys good? <laughs> or, you, you know, if you want to go. <laughs> Uh, we're good. And she texts back with all exclamation points. We want to stay. And I was like, ah. <laughs> so we made it through the end of the game. It was fabulous. It was a ton of fun. Fine. Uh, you served your family well. I suppose. So here was the main thing I wanted to talk about, though. There are a lot of people really? at right now. A lot of unmasked people. Yep. And it was awesome. It was. It, I was about to ask you, how did it feel? I was it nerve-wracking? Or? I don't know how everybody feels. Or you would see some people in masks. It was really funny. You know, we would drop the girls off, and then Jackson and I went and parked the car and for a ridiculous amount of money. And so we're walking, uh, you know, the couple blocks or wherever where we parked from to get into the stadium. We're almost to the entrance, and he's like, Dad, I forgot my mask. And I was oh. like... I don't know if you need a mask to yeah. get in and then you can take it off because I'm sitting there going, are you really going to make me walk like the All half the way mile back, back to go get a stinking mask that I know you're not going to wear once right, we're in? Right, right. But they didn't. Have, they didn't. In we go. Okay. There was nothing. It felt the, it was the most normal large group gathering I've been a part of. Wow. And it was really fun to hear how loud it got That's in the awesome. stadium. To hear literally, P- yeah, it was, sound weird to hear like people in the bleachers taunting people on the Padres. Was fun. <laughs> to just hear the cheers when the Cubs won, it was almost like deafening. Like you're just imagine like, what was, that feels like for the players, right? Because mm-hmm. they've been playing to a silent or a quieter fan base for a while, and so suddenly you get that feeling of the full—I mean, not auditorium, but right. the full stadium again—and that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, so I was reminded, right? Like right now, the CDC in Chicago is saying, like, if you're vaccinated. You don't have to wear a mask. Yep. If you're not, you do. There was not a way. Like, we know. There there was, and nor do I think there should be, but there was no checking of, like, hey, are you back? Are you? No. Right. There was nothing. There were people with masks on there, okay. and I actually wondered to myself, uh, how are they, what do they feel like right now? The vendors were all wearing masks. It was interesting. Somebody, like, three rows ahead of us ordered a hot dog from the vendor, right? Like, some yeah. guy's walking around with a hot dog. By the way, to buy a hot dog from a vendor, guess the price for a hot dog. Just a hot dog. Uh, six bucks. Oh, you're not bad. Six seventy five. I mean, and a ten dollar beer. And I I'm was not like, saying that's a good price, but that's what I would guess man, it would be. Even that felt like a lot. Well, they were wearing masks, and the guy, a guy and a girl, two or three rows in front of us, not wearing a mask. They ordered a hot dog and turned around and put their masks on to get the hot dog. And oh. the guy was like, "You don't need to do." He was like. 20 feet away from it was was funny so at least people are trying to be respectable i appreciate that so i loved being in a large crowd it was really energizing again i wonder for you uh if you were given cubs tickets tomorrow or they play today if you were given cubs tickets and you were able to go and your kids wanted to Uh uh-huh uh scale of one to ten comfort level you would feel just going uh knowing how i just described it Oh, I'd go in a heartbeat, but I'm vaccinated. My husband's vaccinated. Our son has had the first vaccine. So mm-hmm. I, now pre-vaccination, I would not have felt as confident. So that just tells you something about my psychology. Like I definitely feel better and protected now that I'm vaccinated and also feel like we won't inadvertently pass COVID on to somebody else because of that. I will say my sons who have not been vaccinated, and this tells you a little bit about the state of kids right now. 
they would probably keep their masks on because mm. they we've been in places where we've said to them, hey, guys, you don't have to wear your mask here. It's OK. You can take it down. And they're like, nope, we feel better with it on. Interesting. So I, I am praying and hoping for the day when they feel like they can be free to take their masks off. But mm. that's maybe a different conversation right, about kids and, right. and lasting impact of the that's pandemic. Right. That's yeah. right. So it was intriguing. If you've anyone has that's been awesome. to Wrigley or to the U.S. Sailor or wherever, I know it wasn't 100 percent capacity, but you looked around and you were like. <laughs> is it, it 90% full. capacity? I, like, I think they were saying it was 60%. Oh, wow. It looked a lot more than 60 <laughs> and I, Obviously, it can't be if, if that's the rules, but it was it was full. So a really fun. fun night. Yeah, that's a really awesome. fun night. Thought I'd share that because I wonder uh, people out there, some of you probably are going, I don't want to go anywhere near something like yeah. that. And it did make me wonder, that made me feel sad for people in that spot, like who were vaccinated, who wouldn't do that. Yeah. but. Uh, Also, what it would take, what it will take, because it was interesting how quickly I forgot that there was anything also going on. Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. Just felt like a Cubs game. We were sitting there and it was a good time. So anyway, that's where I was last night. Hope that you are... Off and running on a good Monday, uh, good Wednesday. Not a Monday. See, you don't know what day it is we either. Off on Monday, uh, good Wednesday. Wednesday. As we move towards the weekend. Coming up next, speaking of movies and your love of movies. I do love movies. We are going to talk to Adam Holtz. He is focused on the family's managing copy editor for Plugged In and the site director for Plugged In. We're going to talk about what are some family-friendly summer movie options and what should parents be recommending to their kids when we talk about movies as movie theaters are open. Opening back up, my co-host could not be more excited about Can't that. Wait. We're going to have that conversation with Adam Holtz next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. And we're thrilled to be joined by Focus on the Family's director of Plugged In, uh, his name is Adam Holtz. Adam, how are you doing today, bud? I'm great. How are you guys doing today? We are doing okay. really well. Doing really well. Before we get started, let me remind everybody that you can hear Focus on the Family weekdays at 11.30 a.m. right here on AM 1160. We really enjoy Focus on the Family. And Adam, we wanted to have you on because yeah. uh, movie theaters are opening again, which is just a, especially for my co-host. I'm is, so excited. Is, is like the <laughs> thing she's been waiting for. But as people start to get back to the movies, we thought it would be great to have you on and talk about specifically for those parents out there looking for family-friendly summer movie options. They're going, I want to go, but I don't know what are the best movies. Uh, yeah. Let's start there. What might be some family-friendly summer movie options for people? Well, let's start with what came out last weekend, which is Cruella. Mm-hmm. And obviously that is a reference to Cruella DeVille, she of the black and white hairdo. <laughs> who, uh, obviously became famous in 1961 with the original 101 Dalmatians. This is sort of an origin story. You know, superheroes often have origin stories. And this one sort of felt like they took some of that kind of darker, grittier superhero vibe and you know, made a movie about Cruella out of it. Mm. Um, And you might be surprised when you look at the rating to see this is actually PG-13. And as a parent, that might prompt you to ask the question, why is this (laughs) PG-13? And and I will say simply that um, I love the characterization here, the Emmas, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson are, they're deliciously wicked uh, in some really fun ways. And it's a very stylish, fun to look at movie. 
but it's also one where one of the main themes is, you know, getting vengeance and seeking revenge. And so there are some kind of dark and gritty themes mm-hmm. here that um, I think parents, especially if you've got younger kids, may want to be aware of. And mm-hmm. it's not it's not a horror movie in that it would have jump scenes or anything that's going to scare young kids. But um, my youngest is 10, and I'm I'm still often surprised at things that um she's sensitive to that i wouldn't have even thought about yeah and, yeah um i was able to get a, a screener of this movie that i could watch at home before it came out which has happened a lot during covid and i said do you want to watch it with me and they're like no <laughs> oh wow, wow. Yes, yes, yes. um and so just keep that in mind um, and i think for those who enjoy either one of those actresses or you know, want to get the backstory. There's a lot to enjoy here, but definitely there are some themes to walk through with your family too. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, so Adam, thinking about movies that are appropriate or maybe even movies that could strike up a meaningful conversation about faith with your kids. Brian and I are both parents. What are some movies you would recommend for helping parents talk to their kids about faith? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I'm going to sort of, mm, softball that a little bit okay. uh, and here's what I mean by that there's another movie coming out uh, next week actually June 18th that's going to be on Disney Plus this one is called Luca and it is about two young boys and their friendship um, and they're actually both it turns out sea monsters masquerading as young boys um, and so I think in terms of talking about faith Anything that really has that sort of friendship theme, I think that's a great place to start mm-hmm. with our families. You know, it's like, how do your friends help you to grow in your faith? Or when you're struggling, um, what are some ways that, that maybe talking with your friends is a really important thing to do, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because I think sometimes we want our kids to be able to talk through stuff, but Maybe parents are the you know the go to resource, but as kids get older, my older two are twelve and fourteen. I'm not always their first stop. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and so I think movies that talk about friendship, definitely there is an opportunity there to talk about things. And then just as we as we watch films, looking for themes with things that they deal with. Um, you can look for worldview kinds of things. What does this movie say is right? What does it say is good? What does it say is you know something that we should avoid? Yeah. Um, so that would be um, another sort of broad recommendation. Another movie that just came out about a month or so ago, uh, which is a Christian musical on Netflix, was called A Week Away. Oh, yeah. And this is about kids that go to camp for a week. It kind of has that high school musical vibe to it. Brian's favorite movie. Uh, you may have not known that, Adam. <laughs> Brian loves high school musical. Okay. Well, there you go. So um, at times, sometimes I think kids especially might watch a Christian movie and say, oh, boy. Yeah. This is maybe a little bit cheeseball. But this is a great movie. Mm. Uh, so if you have Netflix and you're looking for stuff, and this would probably be that teen to younger tween, uh, tween to younger teen kind of range. Okay. You know, maybe... 10, 11 to 12 or 13, 14. Um, I think this is another one that um, you could use to talk about relationships, yeah. both relationship with God and relationships with their friends. Okay. Oh, that's good. I'm going to check that one out. How about Space Jam? I've been excited for the new Space Jam. I remember the first <laughs> yeah. one when I was younger. Now my son is all excited for Space Jam. Good movie for kids. What's, what do we need to know about the new Space Jam movie coming out? 
Well, it comes out July 16th, and full disclosure, we haven't seen it yet. Okay. So I'm okay. speculating a little bit. Obviously, the first one back in the day starred Michael Jordan, and it was just at the front end of this really pioneering technique where they blended live action and animation. And now, of course, we don't give it a second thought. <laughs> right. That, you know, all over the place. And so this time, instead of Michael Jordan, it's LeBron James, and he's playing in this sort of galactic basketball game with, you know, very high stakes. And we have... Looney Tunes characters that we all know and love. My expectation is that this will be a pretty family-friendly movie. Now, having said that, family-friendly today is different than it was 30 or 40 <laughs> years true. ago. And, you know, sometimes they'll toss in something that is a mildly suggestive or just, you know, slightly naughty joke that parents will absolutely get that may sail right over kids' heads. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if some of that showed up. Um, but I don't think they'll push it too far here because I think they're pretty much on brand here with Looney Tunes and, Le- and LeBron James. And, and this is one that they're absolutely pitching to families. And it'll be in theaters. And if you have HBO Max, it'll be streaming on HBO Max right. on July 16th as well. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, we are big Marvel fans in my house. I have three sons, a little bit older. Yeah. We love Marvel. Talk to us about Black Widow, which is coming out as well. Yeah, Black Widow's coming out July 9th, and that will also be in theaters and a premium streaming option on Disney+. Plus. Um, Black Widow is the story of Natasha Romanoff, who, of course, we have met in The Avengers, and this is one that tells her backstory as sort of a, a Russian secret agent. Uh, her crazy sister and crazy dad are in this, and it really is sort of that origin story again. How did Black Widow become Black Widow. Now, I will say this about Marvel. They've been super consistent in terms of what you can expect. They're almost all, I think every single one of those movies is a PG-13 movie. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen this one yet either, but I can say with a fairly high level of confidence, what we're going to get is a lot of superhero violence. My guess is we'll get a handful of profanities and every now and then some suggestive stuff creeps in, but they don't usually go too far overboard with that. So, I would anticipate Black Widow to be in exactly the same kind of PG-13 territory that previous Marvel stuff over the last, what, since 2009, man, 11 years and 23 superheroes. Unbelievable. We are. <laughs> yeah, my family is trying to work their way through them just now, so I'm excited for these new ones. Hey, Adam, this is super helpful. Mm-hmm. This is fun. It's got me excited to go to the movies. Before we let you go, uh, let our listeners know where we can learn more about Plugged In and where we can learn more about Focus on the Family. Yeah, you can come to PluggedIn.com, and movies are our bread and butter, but each week we produce about 25 pieces of content, and we review movies, music, TV, video games, books, YouTube channels, and technology. So if there's a question you have in the entertainment and technology realm, we want to be your first stop uh, for giving you what the tools that you need to make a good decision for your family. And that's PluggedIn.com. And we're a ministry of focus on the family. And if you have any family-oriented questions, uh, you can give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY, and we would love to talk to you. Great. Adam Holtz, again, is Focus on the Family's director of Plugged In. You can hear Focus on the Family again weekdays at 1130 a.m. right here on AM 1160. A lot of fun to talk to Adam as movie theaters open back up. All of these great movies are ready to be watched, and we're looking forward to going. Adam, it's great to meet you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. You bet. I look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. For sure, for sure. We'll do that again. Again, you're listening to The Common Good here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. 
Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us today on a beautiful Wednesday afternoon. We thought it would be fun to do a top five list. This is increasingly one of my favorite things we yeah, do during the week. Uh, we are going to do not just top five movies, not this, top five Disney movies. Yes. So top five Disney movies. This was a difficult one to narrow down. And I we tried good. to keep it animated movies. I don't think we totally did that, but that was sort of the goal. I'm four out of five on okay, the animated. Okay, so, fair. Uh, here we go. Let's do our intro for our top five list. This is our top five uh, Disney movies. Let's hear that fun intro. Top five, top five, top five, top five, top five things with Brian and Aubrey. Number one on top five intros right there. <laughs> That's it. Right there. I like the fanfare at the end. I just noticed I was just like, da-da. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> if anyone awesome. could see you too, you're giving like jazz hands. I love it. it. I just love it. All right. Top five Disney movies. This feels like, and people will not be surprised that you came up with this category. That will not be surprising to people. Uh, so since it's your category, you choose. Do you want to go first? Or no, you want me to go first? I want you to go first. All right. Number five for me animated is going to be Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's such a good one. Uh, I love Who's your favorite Beauty. character in Beauty and the Beast? The Beast? <laughs> love the Beast. And so, uh, you know, and I did enjoy the like uh, the non-animated Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, that was I a think good I one. still prefer the, the animated. So, What's your take on if she was, uh, you know, the syndrome where you fall in love with your kidnapper? Oh, Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome, That's yeah. That's dark. Your, yeah, yeah. I I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, a little bit of criticism for Beauty and the Beast, but no, I like it, too. I uh, like it, that's too. That's why okay. it's on the five. You know, it would have been number three if not for the Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number five is actually a live action movie because Brian told me last minute he threw in a live action, so I felt like I needed to compete with Brian. So okay. my number five, although my guess is this is not your live action movie, it is the live action version of Cinderella that okay. came out a few years ago. I really, really liked it. I have rewatched it several times. All right. Yeah. I've seen the Cinderella stuff with since having two daughters. That's yeah, good. That's yeah. good. Uh, here's my only non-animated, and this will not come as a surprise to any of you who listen to our top five lists in the last couple of weeks. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with all of the high school musicals. Here's the deal. No one sings at college. What? 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 Oh, no. And from what I can tell, this is America's only singing high school. <laughs> I was as shocked as you are. That is fantastic, yes. and I'm actually feeling really jealous and sad that I did not put that on my list. <laughs> I could have gone high school wow. musical one and two wow. and three, but... I feel uh, like I'm actually, I'm like, I almost want to change everything nope, now. No, you can't do it. Okay. So I went to High School Musical. If I had I to rate did. them, I do rate them. Number one was the best. Number two was next. Number three, it was a little lacking. But I I'm loved good. three. I enjoyed it. Not okay. as much as the first two, okay. but that is my number three. Wow. All of the High School Musical. I feel like I should just give up now because you just like won the top five list. Okay. My number four is Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Ah, yes, yes. Well, we're going to move this along quickly because my number three is Frozen. Look at that. All right. I, I really love that movie. That's so good. Hit, you didn't have any daughters. And mine hit mm. in the absolute sweet spot of my daughters. Really? So, and they're sisters, too. They two are, daughters. They are. Yeah. There are some weird parts to Frozen, but there are... Yeah. Uh, we then went to Epcot right in the craze of Did Frozen. you ride the ride? We did, but that's where they stuck the two princesses. 
like because they wanted oh, to get people to go to great. Epcot. Yeah. And Emily, my youngest, was so little. All she wanted to do at Disney World was meet Anna and Elsa. Oh. And we got to Epcot. You're thinking nobody goes to Epcot, whatever. We right. got there and the line to see Anna and Elsa was over three hours long. Are you kidding? Nope. This is like literally wow. in a just the heyday opened. of the movie. Yeah. It it, uh, it was over three hours long, and wow. so my father in law ended up standing in the line while we all went and did other stuff, and he loved it. He's like he's the guy who talks to all the strangers oh, he can. So it was like great. his perfect scenario. But yes, <clears throat> I do like Frozen. It was dark when they killed off the mom and dad, and but well, anyway. that's every Disney movie, right? The parents it's are true. always killed off. Uh, right. By the way, to be clear, we're not doing Pixar on this list because that would be a whole other conversation. Sure. So I just feel like I need to say that <laughs> yes. just for I don't know in case Pixar executives are listening and mad at <laughs> exactly. Our list. We don't want you mad at us. Okay. What number am I? I'm on number three. You're on number three. Number three is Moana. Make wave, make wave. I do. That was, if we did honorable mention, I think Moana would be my number love one honorable the music. mention. music. My kids loved Moana when it came out, so we've seen that 8,000 yes. times. I That's a good one. Yeah. I, I actually wanted to put that one on my list. Uh, we hadn't seen Moana in a while, and then Emily came across it maybe over the winter time. Yeah. And I sat and was like, I'm in. It's good. It. It's funny. The music's good. But my number one and number two are going to be a little more old school okay. than that. More right. from kind of our yeah. teenage years. Number two for me is The Little Mermaid. Oh, that's such a good, solid movie. I Under the Sea. You know, yep. I've, I, I love The Little Mermaid. Yep. So I'm going number two as The Little Mermaid. All right, so I'm actually going old school as well for my number two. This is way back. This is, ah, I'm going to actually change this to number one because this is my favorite Disney movie of all time. I'm okay. switching it up. All right, my number two is not old school. My number two is Tangled, the Rapunzel story. I love, love, love Tangled. I do enjoy Tangled. A little weird with how they can light the lights and they just go floating away. I just love away. that. I think it's so romantic and sweet. <laughs> So good. I love little, those lights. A little dark that she's been in the in the tower her whole life. Yeah, but, and, but she gets free. She finds herself. there. You could you could preach a lot of sermons from Tangled. Yeah, you might be stuck for 20 years, but when you find... God will set you free in Jesus. <laughs> there you go. All right, any honorable mentions? I said Moana would be an honorable mention for me. Uh, definitely Lion King and Big Hero 6. Oh, I'd like... I forgot about yeah, Big Hero 6. I love 6. that one. I do love the Lion King. Yeah, Lion King solid. I'm actually, mm, if I had to redo my list, the Lion King might get in there. It's a good one. But I did, I can't redo my list. That's right. part of the rule. We lock these ah, in. Okay. So number one, and this one's not on your list yet, so I wonder if it will show, but I don't think. I think this is off your list. Okay. My number one animated Disney movie of all time. I will watch it uh, anytime any of my kids want to. I'm going with Aladdin. Mr. Alonzo, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order, jot it down. You ain't never had a friend like me. <laughs> Aladdin! That's, I, that is a great movie. I love Aladdin. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just do. That will be my number one. The music's good. The story's good. Yeah, that's, that's a really solid one. Okay. My number one, this is very old school. This is the one I was like, should it be number two? But I changed it to number one because I've loved it most of my life. Okay. Mostly because I have been in love with this British fox, archer, stud, Robin Hood himself. Robin Hood. Marion, my love, will you marry me? Oh, darling, I thought you'd never ask me. Oh, but you could have chosen a more romantic setting. Robin Hood? I thought yeah. you were with Mary Poppins. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Robin Hood, the foxy archer. So this is Britain. the animated one. <laughs> yes, I'm in love with the fox. That's what I'm saying. And it happened since I was a little girl. <laughs> okay. Yes, love it. I'm not sure I've ever seen that Robin so Hood. So I say, I have said Robin Hood to a friend of mine, and she's like, really? 
Robin Hood. I mean, it's so old. It's probably not that good, but I love the music. And he steals from the rich to give to the poor. And he woos made Marion. And it's very epic. You all just got a window into Aubrey's political leanings. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is kind of a socialist movie. I I did. And I think it also goes back to when you connect with them. You know what? You know what could not have gotten on these lists? And I wouldn't have, it would never get above these. But again, you didn't have daughters, so you did not go through the Disney princess movie stage. Right. Phenomenal. Really? They are so cheesy, but they are so fun. Are and you also, saying like Cinderella or is it something no, no, else no. I don't they're know like, about? They're like smaller, like. Oh, you know, no, yeah. I didn't. Or also like the Barbie movies, like all of no. those. No, we were like cars. Exactly. But so that's it's, Pixar. It's like so. when you have a daughter and they're really young, they'll watch the Barbie movies. And there were some that I was like. Especially when Madeline was a little, I'd be like, you want to watch Barbie? Uh, you know, you want to watch it? Like, <laughs> like you kind of liked it? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I remember Carrie once walked in and Madeline had gone off and started playing and I was still watching stop. Barbie Island Princess. Stop, that's stop. great. That's amazing. So that's our top five uh, Disney movies. We'd love to know what you think. Tell Aubrey where she's wrong and tell her how much better my list is or where, where you think both of us it's are me, wrong. Brian. Coming up next, I want to talk about forgiveness, something I saw in the sports world about forgiveness, reconciliation that I think would be powerful if we all put it into our lives. That's coming up next here on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey friends, welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Glad to have you with us today. Uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Common Good Talk. I think that's everything, right? No TikTok, no. I mean, you Alexa. Come to our houses too, and we'll just talk to you. you if you can want go to that. house. <laughs> you can go to Aubrey's house at any time, and she will she will bake you cookies. And no, I don't bake. That is not that is a false uh, advertisement. I will order a pizza for you. Time out. You don't bake at all. I. Every once in a while, like at Christmas, I feel some pressure to bake, and I bake. You pressure bake. I am not the most like domestic, do you, sort of in the kitchen woman. Do you cook? I cook dinner because I. That's sort of my role at home. Sometimes Kevin cooks dinner when I don't feel like it. Okay, what is your like go to? Like, okay, let me ask it this way. This is going to be a difficult question for you. This is like my big failure as a. Are as a you woman. Uh, objectively? Looking at your kind of, yeah. are you a good cook or is it something you struggle with? I, I, no, I struggle with cook. I think Kevin would say I'm a good cook and he <laughs> likes the dinners I make, but he's he also better. my husband. <laughs> I generally, like if people are coming over for dinner at my house, I stress so much because okay. I don't feel confident in the kitchen and I don't love cooking. Okay. So I will probably order something from a local restaurant if you come to our house for dinner. This might be the strangest question I'm going to ask you. What is like a traditional domestic activity that you enjoy doing that you're like, that's my wheelhouse. I actually really like doing that. A traditional one. I love decorating. Like my home okay. is is very, I love decorating my house. I want People a beautiful should know home. that we have pillows now in our We studio. do. I, yeah. I love my environment to be beautiful. That's very important okay. to me. Yeah. Like, I love doing the dishes. Yeah. And my wife okay. might be listening. Like not often enough. But <laughs> Are I, you the cook in the house or is Carrie no, the cook no, no, in the no, house? No, 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 no. Carrie is the cook and in the house. And she's a great cook. Yeah, 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 she is a good... Except for when you go get the ketchup or the salt. Or, no, 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 you heat it up. I heat That's it up. what you do. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and uh, I, so we have... This is going to make us sound like the most traditional marriage in the world. <laughs> uh, she cooks, and she does a great job. And then... I don't. I wouldn't say she enjoys it, though. Yeah. And uh, 
But anything that needs to be grilled, I'm like, I got this. Yeah, Kevin's <laughs> so. the griller at our house too. We are that's that is very stereotypical of us. <laughs> Look at us. We got the most stereotypical families, right? We got to go. Yeah, no, I'm not a good cook. I am not. I struggle with it, and I'm yeah. like, what? A, so if if I do cook, it takes Carrie more time to have to walk me through it than right, if she just does right, it anyway. Right. So I know how to cook because I do. Like that's a role, but it is not my favorite thing. Okay. See, look at that. We learned about <sighs> each other there. I can breathe. I feel like I just like so confessed something to you. Oh, shake it off. Shake it off. Okay. The world knows now. <laughs> <laughs> I put it out there. I don't know how to cook. I don't like to cook. All right. I don't know how we got on that, but uh, oh, people come in your house and you baking them a cookie. Yeah, I'm not going to bake you a cookie. I will order you a pizza. I'll make you coffee. I do enjoy making coffee for people. See, that's something. With uh, my Keurig. Another little known fact, and this is, and then we're going to get off this subject. Right. If you were to bake me a cookie, and this drives my wife up a wall, because she loves cookies. She will bake. My daughters love to bake cookies. Nice, yeah. Uh, I like my cookies almost burnt. Really? Yes, like really, really crispy. Not chewy? No. I like chocolate chip cookies really crispy. another top five list, cookies. And and so like literally, if my daughters or my wife have accidentally burned some cookies, they'll call me. They'll be like, hey. Dad, we got cookies for you. I don't like them burned, but I like like if you were to break them in half, I like them to like snap. You want crunchy. Yes. Crunchy cookies. And that taste, and whereas they like them all gooey, so. I have to acquiesce because I'm not making the cookies. Sorry, you're not the one baking them. That's <laughs> so, right. But if we grilled them, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in on grilling the cookies. So, all right, you learned about our household chores. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, here's the story I wanted to tell you about. It was uh, going back to sports, but it's not. Just let me walk us through this story okay. a little bit. The WNBA, which is the Women's Basketball Association, one of the stars in the WNBA is on the Las Vegas Aces. Her name is Liz Cambage. And uh, if you've ever watched the WNBA, Liz Cambage is uh, physically imposing. She is the biggest, tallest uh, player in the league. Okay. I believe she's like six foot eight, maybe. Oh, wow. I feel off. She, looking at her amidst other WNBA players, she just looks uh, a lot bigger than any okay. of them. So the other day, they were playing... Uh, the team from Connecticut, the Connecticut Sun, and their head coach is a man by the name of Kurt Miller. Uh, it's really funny if you see a picture. Kurt Miller uh, is, he's all of like 5'5". Five, five, oh, like for real? Guy. Yep. Like my height. Okay. There you go. And so Kurt Miller is a little guy. So they were playing the Las Vegas Aces. Liz Cambage was kind of dominating them. Yeah. They got called for a foul against her. And uh, Kurt Miller got mad and is arguing with the official. And here's what he said. He said, what do you expect us to do? She's 300 pounds. Oh. And she she heard this because it's in the heat of the battle. He ended up getting suspended for a game. That's good. Uh, But then she went on Instagram and addressed it. And she went off and said what I would say are some pretty inappropriate things about him. Uh, and then, uh, so this became this back and forth, right? Okay. And and uh, you could tell Kurt Miller was very embarrassed. He was apologetic. Well, last night was the first time that they played each other again. And the game was in Connecticut. Liz Cambage got really booed uh, and all this stuff. But there was a moment before the game. Because I think there was this tension of, like, what's going to happen between these two when they're fighting? Sure, sure. She came over, and they. it was really nice. I mean, you got to see the video of it also because of their height disparity. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but they, they gave each other a big hug and wow. a handshake. 
Uh, they exchanged apologies, and Cambridge said to him, we're in this together. We're in a league that supports each other and fights for each other, Miller said after the game. We're in this together. She summed it up best with that. We all really care for each other. There's a mutual respect hmm. and a camaraderie. Wow. And I watched that, and I said, that's a, that's a sermon illustration right sure. there of... Hey, I've been wrong. They both could claim being wrong. Because totally. again, her response to him, I would say, was almost equally as inappropriate. Okay, okay. Uh, it had some racist overtones to it and some other stuff. And uh, just talking about him being such a small guy okay. as well. Uh, but there was this reconciliation last night that, that was very public. Yeah. Uh, and and it, I think it spoke to the power of forgiveness. They both could have just you know, been yelling at each other and just kept this going. Or even just ignored it is what I'm thinking or just not done anything. Exactly. When I saw this on SportsCenter, I think I saw it on, I looked at that and I said, the church could, we all could really learn from this. It's Mm -hmm. the idea of reconciliation and forgiveness. And remember, forgiveness and reconciliation doesn't mean that everything, all the consequences go away or whatever else. You have to be best friends. But speak to us about the power of forgiveness and the power of reconciliation, even when maybe Liz Cambage looked at him and goes, he doesn't really deserve deserve my forgiveness Mm -hmm. or reconciliation here. And he might have felt the same way, but there was a powerful moment there. Yeah, I I also appreciate that they did it uh, publicly because, um, you know, some people could be cynical about that, but I think that it's a beautiful example for all of us. I like the picture of black and white, male and female, tall and small. You know, I mean, that's pretty cool. I think the power of this moment is that it does represent the gospel, right? Even though none of us deserve the forgiveness that we have received in Jesus Christ. He still extends it to us and God still extends it to us and that we ought to forgive one another, even if the other person, we don't feel like they deserve it. But like you said, forgiveness, I mean, they're not going to be best friends. They're probably not going out for beers after the game, but like they did something really beautiful and supported one another. I, I also think you hear that phrase a lot. Like forgiveness is not about the other person. It's just to free your soul. But I don't know if that's totally true. Like sometimes I do think it's about the other person. You have no idea what, when you extend forgiveness, it will bring you freedom, but also it might bless the person and change them in the way that you don't even That's right. realize. That's right. That's right. And so I thought it was just this beautiful picture of something that we as Christians <clears throat> are can not only learn from, but we're, I mean, it's a matter of obedience, right? Like there we are go. called to forgive the same way that we have been forgiven. I'd encourage you to go Google the story again. He's, he's the coach of the Connecticut Sun, Kurt Miller. Her name is Liz Cambage from the Las Vegas Aces, and just a great moment, just a moment. And again, I even think in the sense that she was getting booed and the crowd mm. was getting on her, it was kind of like this, we're against you, you said this about our coach. Yeah. And they had this moment that said, no, we're in this together. I love that. And we're trying to do this together. We're trying to show something I thought was... The world needs more of that right now. really, really does. Well, coming up next, we're going to talk about legacy. What does it look like to leave a powerful legacy? And then later on in the next hour... Jerk or justified? You're going to want to stick around for that here on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Coming up this hour, what does it look like to leave a powerful legacy? And we're going to talk about how to combat loneliness. Plus, we're going to have a little fun with a game we like, Jerk or Justified. You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Aubrey Sampson with my co-host Brian Fromm here on this beautiful 
Wednesday. You almost forgot what day it was. I did. I told you. I've been struggling with what day of the week. I went beautiful Wednesday. I one time, and thankfully my wife didn't fall for this, but sometimes I get in these weird moods where I'm like, I'm going to convince her of something. And one time I tried to convince her that we were a year older than we really were. That's very cruel. And another time I've tried to convince her that it's just a whole other day. And like, if you go with a whole day and be like, hey, yeah, what are we doing on this Tuesday? Like, just keep going. This is a total sidebar, but have you ever, um, did you ever watch the show New Girl? They uh, play a lot of practical jokes, and one is they try to convince the guy he's gaining weight by, like, they change his pants, and they do all this other thing. He's shrinking, maybe. Anyway, it's very funny, but that's mean and cruel, Brian. I have never see- heard of that show nor seen it. Hey, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, one of my favorite actors, uh, may he rest in peace, Chad Bozeman. And yes. you were just saying off air that you just watched another Marvel movie with your family. I think since we've last talked, we've watched two. We watched Spider-Man, uh, which I enjoyed. I don't, wouldn't say it was my favorite, okay, okay. but I enjoyed. But then we watched, and, I, and you went crazy when I told you that I watched this one. We watched Thor Ragnarok. On, yes. Is that my saying that word yes, correctly? Yes, you are. We saw that on Sunday night. That was great. That was really fun. And it's just fun to finally get the whole family together and sit and watch a movie. So it was fun. Thor Ragnarok is my favorite of the Thor. So has Chad Bozeman showed up as Black Panther in any of the movies he you've watched did. yet? He did. What's the one? What's the first one he comes in? Did, I think where they it's fight each Avengers. Uh, is this so the war, yeah, yeah. where they fight each other. His dad dies in that explosion. Right. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert there. And then, uh, yeah, so he's in it there. I know he's going to play a much more prominent role. Yeah, when you forward, see Black but. Panther, that's a good one. So last week, his alma mater, Howard University, honored Chadwick Boseman by naming their newly reestablished College of Fine Arts after him. And um, they're also starting a master class in his honor that some of the students in the fine arts department can take, which I think is really powerful. But what I wanted to talk about was not just that, but what does it mean to leave a really meaningful legacy mm-hmm. in such a way that after you're gone, people honor you, right? And um, before we talk about that, Brian, there's a clip of Robert Downey Jr., who, of course, plays Iron Man, co-starred with Bozeman, talking about what a wonderful human being he was. So I thought we could play that. Toward the end of the the third avengers the uh, infinity war there is this uh, we all kind of lose together and i remember it was one of those few days that all of the uh, all of the avengers were were together and um it was just the way that he walked on set and the immense success that had occurred and rightfully so with black panther and uh, he was just in this kind of stratus of his own and uh but always always humble always hard working always a smile on his face and uh and just and now looking back all the more i realize just what an incredibly graceful human being it was okay so that's robert Downey jr saying that chad bozeman was just this incredibly graceful human to be mm-hmm. around the amazing part of his story is that here he was, I mean, essentially dying of cancer while making all of these movies, being treated for cancer, having chemo, having surgeries, and no one knew. That's right. Which um, I think probably adds to the legacy that all of a sudden people are blown away by his health struggles uh, while he's performing and acting and whatnot. But anyway, um, what do you think, one, about just Chadwick's legacy, but then what do you think when you think about leaving a legacy? Yeah, I think it... It does always uh, make me a little bit sad that they get honored after they pass away. I right. know why. I wonder understand how that happens. I said earlier I went to the Cubs game last night, and we were standing by the Ron Santo statue, and I was telling my son, 
Man, he like all he wanted to do was get into the Hall of Fame, and then he got into the Hall of Fame after he passed uh, away. But that's kind of I know that's not the direction we're going here. I I think when it comes to leaving a legacy, uh, and this sounds simplistic, but it is kind of revolutionary as we actually live this way. I think if you think backwards a little bit and go, how do I want to be remembered? Not oh, I hope I'm remembered well, but like literally, like hey, you know what? I I would love to be remembered. As somebody who who had their priorities correct and loved his family mm, well and loved yeah. Jesus and but had the kind of people looked at his life and said, hey, we can we can learn something about priorities there. Well, then if you work backwards that way, then you got to look in the mirror and go, how are my priorities right yeah, now? Yeah, that's good. It, it sounds really simplistic, but you're only going to be remembered by how you actually live your life. And yeah. so it's really a question of how am I living my life now? Right. Like. If I said, oh, I wish I could be remembered as a best-selling author and then never do anything to write a book. Right. You're not <laughs> like going to be remembered as a best-selling author. And yeah. so I talked about this, I believe, last week. There's that really famous poem called The Dash that basically says, uh, you know, that you don't control the, the date at the beginning of your tombstone or at the end. Yeah. But it's that dash. It's your life that yeah. you have some control over. And so... I do think legacy is such this big concept. Like, I, I hope, oh, what will people say about me at my funeral? Mm-hmm. Really, you can narrow it down to they're going to say what effect you actually had on them. Right. So what kind of person are you right now? Like, it's not like your legacy is going to be different from the life that you lead. So I really think the legacy conversation, and I don't think Chadwick Boseman for our story here was going, I, I want to leave a great legacy. Sure, He's sure. a good guy, right? Like. He was uh, he was going out and visiting cancer patients while suffering quietly with cancer. Amazing. Right? Like he had some integrity and, and some service that then is getting remembered. And so I would say that I would say, think about the legacy you want to leave and then actually orient your life towards that. Yeah. And then then you will leave that legacy. Like it's not rocket. It's the old saying, right? It's not rocket science. It's just hard. <laughs> Right. So, it takes some intentionality and some effort. Exactly, yeah. exactly. What would you tell to somebody who says, you know what, I want it at my funeral. I, I just want to yeah. uh, I want people to get up and say X, Y and Z about me. You know, it's funny. I think a few years ago, many years ago, when I was younger, probably coming out of college, I would have said, I want people to remember me for like this tremendous thing I did, this mark I left on the world or this. I don't know. Like I sort of had this idea of like what significance looked like. But as I have gotten older, I honestly think what you just said, Brian, I want my friends and my family and my community to be like, wow, she loved me really well. Yes. And I do think I got to get better at that. I mean, if if that's what I want people saying about me at my funeral or at my 80th birthday party, right. if that's a little less morbid, I have to get better at intentionally loving my people, really pursuing them, letting them know that no matter what, I love them so that they say that. And I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Just Putting some, not just good thoughts or good ideas, but actually some action behind it so that those things become true of you. Another thing that I really appreciated about uh, Chadwick Boseman was just that in the middle of his illness, um, he seemed to live. Like he kept pursuing his dreams. He kept, like you said, was visiting cancer patients. And I think that's another lesson for all of us when we think about the life we want is whatever we're suffering from, whether it's illness or heartache or hardship, can we keep saying yes to the invitations that God has for us rather than isolating yes. in pain and in hardship? Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, as I get older, I, I, I more think about what are my kids and my wife and the people close. Like, I, you know, when I was in my 20s, it was more like, what's the world going to say about me? Like, I yeah. want all of these people totally. to say, 
And now I kind of get my thoughts, and I know we're not very old, but but you do kind of move through stages. Mm-hmm. I think more now, like, what are the people closest to me going to say? Yeah. And then, you know, the rest is what it is. And, right. and so I do feel that change in my life as well. But again, if my goal is I want my kids, say, to be like, he was a great dad who always, you know, was there for us and whatever else. Well, mm-hmm. Then I got to go be a good dad who's there who's for them. Who's always there for them. Yeah, that's and, it. And who's having those conversations with them and doing things with them that, that, that we want them to remember. So I guess my message to people would be, it could be overwhelming to think, what's my legacy going to be? Your legacy is simply a reflection of how you actually live your life. And so go out living day to day now how you want to be remembered then love that such a good word brian well we thought that was an interesting conversation to have next up we're going to talk about what one group of norwegian architects are doing to combat loneliness that's coming up next on the common good am 1160 hope for your life Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. Aubrey Sampson here with my co-host, Brian From It is Wednesday. We've established established. officially it's Wednesday. We're not going back. It's taken us an hour of the show (laughs) to to convince ourselves that it's Wednesday. I don't know why this is so difficult. But anyway, good to be with you, everyone. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday on The Common Good. It's a beautiful Wednesday. It's beautiful to have you. Hey, so we wanted to... Take a little turn and talk about a serious topic, but then talk about kind of something interesting related to it. We're going to talk about loneliness. There's this group of architects in Norway, you can find this article on CNN Style, who actually are proposing that adults move into like adult dorms. They live in communal living. They've created, it's actually a pretty beautiful housing yeah. situation. You can see pictures of it again on CNNStyle.com, but um, they're hoping without really any trial period that adults will move into this radical approach of co-living and um, the idea really was to help combat loneliness because they're seeing in Norway that there's and across the world really that there's a lot of loneliness they're also of course talking about uh, you're sharing energy so we're mm-hmm. not overusing our resources and um, talking about, hey, how can we do this in a way that's not a nursing home, but a way that's cool and beautiful and, you know, value sharing and community building? So this is what I wanted to know, Brian. Uh, two questions. One, would you ever want to live in a communal situation like this? What do you think about it? That's one question. And the next is really just a conversation about loneliness. Right. What can we do to combat loneliness? Right. First of all, I will tell you that I am 100% Norwegian, by the way. You are? I am. I is am. from a Norwegian last name? My understanding, and my parents are probably listening so they could tell me that I'm wrong. Okay. My understanding is that uh, when whoever of the ancestors came over to Ellis Island, that they shortened the name. So okay, I so it could have been like from... Norway. <laughs> from, from Norway was your family last name. From Viking. <laughs> so it could be. I could be wrong Fromsen. about that. Fromsen. Aren't all the Norwegian Vikings like Ericsson and They are. And, and also, one of our badges of honor has always been being, quote unquote, 100% Norwegian. So I'm very scared to do like DNA hereditary stuff. <laughs> and you find out you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> do you wear a lot of Norwegian garb at home? Do you have like a shirt or you, when you're at Epcot, now, you visit Norway yes. and feel at home? The the generation above me, my parents' generation in our family, they they keep much more to the Norwegian stuff. Oh, they do. And, yeah, I remember growing up. You know, 
Uh, very funny story. We, they, we always at family gatherings said this Norwegian prayer, and like my cousins, they <gasps> knew it and this that. My, bro- that. my brother and I had no idea what the words were. <laughs> But we knew what the cadence was, and okay. we knew what the sounds were, okay. and so we could fake our way through it. <laughs> and to this day, I don't I know any of the words, but I could give you. I'm not going to do it right now. I but sure I do could, wish you would. Give I us a little do, sample of I that. I could just do the cadence, and it would it would kind of fit in. Okay. It was the way to go. Are Norwegians the one who go, skull, like instead of cheers? Is that Norway? Yeah, it's not just Norway. I believe that's Scandinavia oh, in general. Oh, okay, right? okay. The, the Vikings, yes, yes. And so do you believe in trolls? Is that is that a Norwegian? Well, yeah, thing? that's very Norwegian, <laughs> right? Sure. If it goes with if it goes with the heritage, then I'm in. Then you're in. Okay, I'm in. So to answer your more serious question, uh, at this stage of my life, communal living sounds terrible. Okay, why? Oh, I agree with you, my, but why? Uh, our life is super hectic. I got three kids at home, right? And so the idea you are doing communal living. <laughs> I am, and so I do think that as you read about this, there also this is. Uh, happening in places like New York City, San Francisco, this seems to be. So it's not just Norway. It is over here in the States, much more in the cities. I would have to think that this is most attractive to um, particularly single people Mm -hmm. uh, in the younger demographic or the my kids are out of the house. And now what do I do? You know, maybe a spouse has passed away yeah. or whatever else. I yeah. would think that for those demographics, and also I could see for my kids are out of the house, uh, me and my spouse, you know, where do we want to live? What do we want right. to, I could see actually getting to the point in my life of, and this happens, right, at retirement communities. This is just kind of retirement community on steroids a little bit. Yep. Like it's, we're literally in the same, you know, common area and the architecture has been thought through very much about what does communal living yeah. look like? But yeah. also, uh, you know, this idea that we're all in this together. And so I could see it. Like, I love dorm life in college. Totally. I could have seen right out of college, still with people I liked and friends doing that. Right now, it sounds terrible. But again, later on in life, I could totally see this because really loneliness you know, is a huge deal. It's been um, exponentially harder with COVID, but even pre-COVID, right? Like we live, especially out in the suburbs and stuff, we we live very isolated lives. And I can even think, like think about my life or your life right now. Like our, our, our they're so focused on our kids. Well, there's going to come a day when our kids leave our houses right. and it will be a, a wonderful next season. But I would have to think that there's a loneliness that sets in and you go, okay, well, how do we combat that loneliness? I'm I could see there being a stage of life where something like this is is interesting to me. I'm not in that stage right now. I am definitely not in that stage right now. So, okay, you're a pastor, obviously, Brian. Mm-hmm. We're both pastors. But when someone comes to you and says they're feeling lonely, perhaps because of the pandemic or ha- perhaps outside of the pandemic, what sort of words do you give to them? Yeah, I, I try to understand their, uh, their lifestyle a little bit. Mm. Like, you know, I... It has often happened where people in my church will say, yeah, I'm just lonely. I'm just looking for connection. Yeah. Oftentimes, I feel like if they come to us as pastors and say, I'm lonely, they are actually, it's a little bit of a crying out to help me find some people. That's good. And so I'll talk about things about like, I'm a big believer that, um, you know, everyone's looking for quote unquote, deep community, deep connections. I think deep community begins with shallow community. So it's just, you know, where can we put you in proximity with other people? 
And hopefully some relationships, you can't force it, but right. hopefully some relationships spur out of that. And so usually if somebody comes to me and talks to talk about loneliness, I, I take it as a bit of a cry for help. Like, help me. I'm lonely. Help, help me, me not connect be with people. So, yeah. What do you yeah. tell people? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's actually really good advice. You sort of have to start somewhere. And so I, I tend to go really practical. Like, are you in a small group? Are you in a community? Mm-hmm. Are you, where are you meeting with people? And I, I think that does seem to be a common um, defense mechanism to say, well, they just don't go as deep as I want to go. Or they, yes. But I do think that's an excuse not to stay connected because depth in relationship comes in time. And so you have to be consistent enough with people and then let yourself be vulnerable enough with people that they feel safe being vulnerable with you. And, and I do sometimes think you need to say, I'm lonely. I'm going to invite people over. Yeah. I do think there's a, there's a certain attitude that expects people to constantly be inviting them or reaching out to them. But you forget like, oh, wait, it is in with, it's within my power to invite people to my house yes. or to invite people out. Or I can be the one pursuing the relationship as well because it does go both ways. And but, I, yeah, I ahead. just think if you're lonely out there, it's it's it, that's hard it is and, hard. and, I, and yeah. I you and i both got married to our spouses at a very young age right i think especially living out in the suburbs where we do it, it is very difficult to be in your late 30s 40s and be single like it's yeah. just not set up that way yeah. and so i do think churches need to remember that that's good um you know i i think you can be lonely within your marriage mm-hmm. but I, I don't think i think that's a different that's a bit of a different thing. Yeah. And so I do think churches need to be really honest about what are we doing to not just, you know, hopefully that single person comes, but what are we doing to help them make those connections? How are we pursuing yeah. single people and people who are lonely? That's a good. Word, Understanding Brian. that it's probably difficult and a lot of us can't understand that. Like yeah. sometimes I'm looking for places in my life where I can just not have any noise or any other people. Yeah. But remembering there's people who just don't feel that way. Yeah, that's that's good. That's a good word. Okay, um, Brian, coming up, we're not going to talk about loneliness. We're actually going to talk about uh, being jerks. Ah, yes. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna make a pretty hard swing now. But before we do that, we thought that was uh, a word you needed to hear. If you feel lonely, reach out to somebody and remember that the Lord is with you. So you actually aren't alone, but definitely reach out to your community so they can gather around you. All right, stick around. We're going to talk about being jerks or being justified jerks when we come back on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Alongside Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. Hope that you're having a great day. All right, since we started this show, uh, man, what's it been now? Two months? Three months? Four years. Four years. <laughs> Not what does it feel like. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. What has it been? I feel like we're on month two. Right. You were the beginning of April, I think you came on. Yeah, and it's June. So flying along here. Wow. Flying along here. It's awesome. One of the, you know, we do a lot of just topical stuff, but one of the things we've begun to try to do is to introduce some recurring segments. Yes. Things to make us laugh, things yes. to make us wrestle. Uh, and you know, we did a top five list for instance earlier. I did, I did, I've got to get moving on the one I pitched to you a couple weeks ago. What was that? Do you remember? I, yeah, I'll, I'll share it. I pitched to you a segment in which I just tell you dad jokes and you decide if they're funny or not. <laughs> oh yeah. That's like dad joke or dud joke or something like ah, that. Yeah. I think I, think we I gotta get, do that. I, that one's on my plate. I've got some, I'm, okay. I'm going to try to find some of those because 
I got some good jokes for you. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So basically, I'm going to try to make you laugh on those, or you're going to be like, that's just That's dumb. just terrible. And so I'm used to my kids just rolling their eyes, but I think I can get you on them. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. But another one of those that we introduced very early on is called Jerk or Justified. And the premise is this. Uh, you're going to share one today. Yes. And if we have time, I will share one as okay. well. But I started it by sharing with you a scenario from my life. So I did this, or this happened to me. And... Uh, am I a jerk because of how I responded? So, for instance, a couple weeks ago, I told you the story of a guy came to my door. I knew he was a political guy, rang my doorbell. He could see me. I could see him <laughs> through the window. And you just didn't answer the and door. And I didn't answer the door. <laughs> and so, in that scenario... It's one of my favorite stories in ever. In that scenario, am I a jerk? Right. Or am I justified? Right. And uh, we we decide it for each other. And so, uh, this also has one of our favorite themes to uh, kind of intro songs, theme songs that our mm-hmm. producer put together. So, let's listen to that. Here is the open for Jerk or Justified. It's time for another round of your favorite game. Am I a jerk or am I justified? All right. So I feel like you've been kind to me, but this one you're going to lay on my plate. So and yep. I think it has to do more with your husband. I mean, I'm kind of going to throw my husband under the bus, honestly, on I, this one. I am appreciative of that. So I want you to build up the story All right. so everybody understands. I want to give some space for our listeners to make their own decision. Okay. And But I will be judge and jury on this one. Right, you'll and, be weighing in. Is Kevin a jerk or is Kevin justified? Correct. Go ahead. All right. So as you know, we were at a wedding over Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And across from our hotel was um, like a fun fair, fun, fun park. They had go-karts. They had batting cages. They gotcha. had mini golf. Okay. Yep. So we took the kids go-karting. Mm-hmm. And um, Kevin was driving one with our youngest son, Nolan. I was driving one with our middle son, Lincoln, because they weren't quite tall enough. Our oldest, Eli, had his own. That's always a big day. I, yeah, always a big day. Yes. And so we're on this go-kart track, and mm-hmm. we're racing. Let and me ask a quick question, clarifying yes. question. Yep. Was it one of these where, like, literally you're on a rail, like at Disney World? Are you swerving? Are you going? Yeah, kind that of is a good clarifying question. Not on a rail. We're like, like you're driving, oh, you're changing good. lanes. It's insane. You're, I love those. Yeah, you're not allowed to bump. I mean, there's some rules, right? You're not allowed to bump. You're not allowed to spin out, et cetera, et cetera. But it happens. It happens. <laughs> so How also, old is your oldest son? Uh, 14. Okay, now I got it. I'm Almost ready. 15. Okay. So also driving go-karts are other people that we don't know. And I would say a teenager who's roughly my oldest son's age, 14, 15. Okay. He is immediately an aggressive driver. I can see where this is going already, but I'm ready. So he drives past me and my middle son, Lincoln. He sticks his tongue out at us. And I'm like, this kid is a little punk. And my instinct is just to pass him. I'm just going to go faster, faster, pass him. Well, he drives past Kevin and does the same thing. Kevin's instinct is, I'm going to bump him. <laughs> so Kevin, literally, with my youngest son in tow, chases this kid until he rams into him, causing both of them to spin out. And Kevin and they they had to actually like stop driving. The race had to stop. The lady had to come, you know, run, turn them around, get it going, give them all warnings. You're not allowed to bump <laughs> each other or spin out. But Kevin felt very good about this move because he put the punk kid in his place. Was Kevin a this jerk? Is a good one or justified? Let me ask you one more clarifying okay. question. Okay. Kevin spins him out. Yeah, he bumps him enough that the kid spins. How does Kevin react? 
to the spinning out of the kid? Like, what is Kevin's initial reaction yeah. when he sees this kid spinning and maybe he loses it a little yeah, bit? Yeah, Kevin well. did lose it and Kevin and Nolan also spun. So I think Kevin's initial thing was just making sure Nolan was okay uh-huh. and sort of looking down. I mean, he definitely wasn't like making eye contact, giving the kid the middle finger or anything like that. But uh, secretly, he felt very good about what happened. Yeah. And everyone was safe. I should say that. But it was an aggressive move on my husband's part to do that to a teenager. How did the teenager react? Uh, the teenager was, I think, just more disappointed that his, <laughs> you know, his his journey got cut short because, of course, it takes them a long time to get you turned around, and by then the race is over. So yes, it there, didn't it didn't build up much after that. There are a couple important pieces to the story that will that will go into my conclusion. Okay, here. okay. One important part of the story is uh is the boy sticking his tongue out at you yes and at your husband yes uh he the, at that moment he called the kind of the thunder upon himself he, <laughs> he because That's your true. husband is a competitive person i know him absolutely he is but your husband also has a son sitting next to him who a, is thinking a young son who is thinking what is my dad going to do to the to that provocation yeah to that move That's and so word. Uh, it's not as if the kid drove by you uh, qu- quickly and said, I'm sorry for beating you or just kind of went by. And right. It would have been one thing if the kid was just on the road looking forward and, yeah. and your son. Uh, now, this is a gray area one. I will <laughs> give you that. This one is a gray area. Uh, but I'm going to come down on the side of justified. Whoa! Are you really? I am. I am. Because. Wow. There is an understanding at these go-kart tracks that that we are competitive. Like, we're okay, going for right. it. Uh, for me, I don't think your husband would have been justified if the kid hadn't taunted him on the okay, way Okay, but the taunting justified the jerkiness. Correct. Okay, gotcha. To, he, to put it bluntly, that kid needed to learn a lesson. <laughs> And where the parents <laughs> failed him, your husband said... So My husband I, stepped up. He manned was, up. It was actually a pastoral moment, is what it was. And so <laughs> I I like how to, easily you're justifying this and spiritualizing it now, for everyone. Let me ask you one more question okay. about this. Okay. How did you respond to your husband? Oh, I was like, I can't believe you did that. That's a kid. You can't ram a kid with our kid with you. I mean, that's I, I just thought it was kind of bad form. <laughs> now, I will say that little kid sticking his tongue out ticked me off. and But my instinct was just to beat him in the race. It wasn't to like beat him in real life, you know? <laughs> I, so I, I, I did not think Kevin was justified. I understand that. I think uh, I'm. I understand the gray area here. Okay, I appreciate that about you, did Brian. This, Kevin uh, would too. Did this kid have parents watching? I think his parents were actually also racing go karts, and I mean, thankfully, it didn't become a whole thing because that could have been really fun. That could have been a great story. Parents are fighting Kevin or whatever. None of that happened. So maybe his parents just weren't paying attention, but. Yeah, that's, and Kevin played it off as an accident, right? Like Kevin wasn't like I rammed you on purpose. He should have just owned it. He should have just owned it. <laughs> Boom! I rammed you, that. kid. I got to be honest. That's a good one. That's Thank a good you. one because there. I would guess that would be a fifty-fifty split on people who would say that your husband was a, a jerk justified in that or a jerk. Yep, yeah. Yep. Oh, one more question. What did your kids say? 
Oh, um, like did he? Did they? Did they gain an admiration yeah, for their father? Yeah. So our youngest son is a lot like Kevin, and he was definitely like, "Yeah, that kid was a jerk. I'm glad we did that." You know. But again, they were bummed because their their race got cut short because they were stuck in the middle of the road you for do, a while. You do what you gotta do. <laughs> All right, that's a good one. If you want to answer back, you can shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and just title it this way. Aubrey, your husband's a jerk. Or no. Hashtag jerk. Hashtag justified. Yep. There you go. Uh, coming up next, we're going to close the show this way. What's it mean to be brave? There was a story that's kind of gone viral. I heard on the way into the studio today that this video has been viewed over 5 million oh, wow, times. Wow, has it really? So we're going to talk about this video, but then have a larger conversation about what does bravery look like? We're going to do that next here on The Common Good. AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. I'm Aubrey Sampson, joined by my co-host, Brian Fromm. And we are talking bravery mm-hmm. by way of kind of a crazy story. This video went viral. Brian, you said you listened to it on the way in. I watched it this morning on Good Morning America, where a teenage girl fights a bear. Yes. Right? This bear is... Um, essentially crawling over her back porch it seems like trying to get her dog it's like a retaining wall so it's so yeah. people can picture this it's kind of, it looks to be about four feet five feet in the air and like i said this thing has been viewed over five million times now but this bear is literally on the wall yes and her dogs including her mother's service dog are out in the it's not even a backyard it's, it's kind, kind of, of like a, a patio yeah like a little back alleyway or Correct. something and they are barking at this at this bear yes and anyone looking at it is going, this bear is going to kill these dogs. Right. It is a big brown bear, I assume. I don't know what kind of bear it and was. And so her name being Haley Moraniso, uh, she went out and pushed the pushed bear. Pushed the bear. Like, didn't even think about it. Ran and pushed the bear. We actually have some audio of the story that I wanted us to listen to. It was a quiet Monday afternoon until a bear makes its way into this Bradbury backyard. The dogs run out, and then 17-year-old Haley follows them out of the house. Honestly, I did not know it was a bear until right after I pushed it. I didn't register in my head that it was a bear. I was like, it's an animal, and it's taking my, my child. And I pushed the bear, and I was like, oh my god, I just pushed a bear. Haley pushed the bear away and protected the family's three dogs. She and the dogs are okay, including her mom's service animal. I didn't want to know what would happen if the bear hurt her or like even took her. So I had to do what I had to do. A local wildlife expert says what Haley did was dangerous, and it's better to stay in the house or prevent the bear from even getting into the backyard. All the bear has to do is go like this and half of your face is gone. Maybe um, had a slingshot or a noisemaker or something, but then all the dogs were there. She was... So, you know, I, I, all I can say is I'm happy that nothing bad happened. But if you live in those communities, you need to be constantly alert that, that as the development has encroached into the native territory, you're going to have those encounters more and more. Okay, so <laughs> that's the audio for just running towards the bear. She basically says, I had no other choice. I didn't even think about it. I just went for it. She even says she didn't totally know it was a bear until she was pushing it, which is a little bit insane. But then these wildlife experts are saying, hey, you probably should have just stayed in your house or used a slingshot or something. So, Brian, okay, 
the probably the least important question is what would you have done in the same situation? The more important question is a topic about bravery and protecting other people yes. and what it takes to do that. Okay, so first, there's a bear in your backyard. So what do you do? I don't have a slingshot by my back door, so I don't. Ha- that could not have been uh, the move. Part of it is the setting. So. Like, if there was a bear in my backyard, yeah. like, I've got a pretty big backyard, like, I'm not going to run at that bear. But she had a choice to make that basically, so this bear being on the wall, I probably would have done what she did. Okay. I might have brought, like, a stick or, like, something to try to poke the bear yeah. off the ba- off of the wall. But the bear is on a tenuous situation there on the wall, and you could, you could make a move. Now, she is in grave danger at this move right. because if this bear as the expert said swipes at her she could lose, lose her, her face. face right but i don't know what her option was there at the moment if if she takes the if she takes the advice of this wildlife expert uh-huh. again understanding that she likely doesn't have a slingshot uh if <laughs> right. if she takes his the advice, animals are she's going so a lot of this has to do with how do you view your pets Mm, interesting. And are they like family yes. or are they commodities? Because nobody is going to say, hey, if my child was back there, I'm not going to go try to save the child. This is more about... Obviously, you're going to save the child. Yeah. Right. And so what do you think of dogs? I've got two dogs. I love my dogs to death. My Would you risk your life for your dogs? I think my ne- if I had thought about it, if I had a moment there going, I can go fight a bear, I probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. But I yeah. think this was instinct. Definitely. This is fight or flight. And she went fight. I mean, and she just went like, and boom. pushed the bear. Yeah. It's interesting that she said, I wasn't, I didn't realize it was a bear. Right. Until she was, it was like the moment that she's pushing it. So I yes. definitely think some instinct, like animal instinct took, do- took over. There were apparently some bricks on the patio. And so I do oh. think that's an alternative. You, you try to throw a brick at a bear. I just can't imagine what I would do in the same scenario. Yeah, this is a hard one. Because, again, if there was a bear in my backyard, I'm not going into my backyard. I'm definitely not going into my backyard. I'm probably yelling for my dogs. I'm trying to. I might be throwing stuff at the bear. Maybe I'll throw food, so maybe it'll go a different direction. Yeah. Uh, Again, the situation she was in, close quarters, wall, I could see it. Because the bear wasn't totally in her backyard. If you watch the video, it was sort of up on the wall. So, I mean, I I get her thinking was just balancing on the wall. Yeah, it's a hard one. Ooh, I do that's want a hard to know who, what this girl thought it was. Like, hey, look at that giant koala <laughs> back there. Like, yeah, something. So it was amazing. But I do think the larger issue when you talk about bravery yeah. is there do come to points in your life where you've got it, where, where the number one um, outcome isn't always your own safety. Right, right. right? And, You're and willing you to could, risk it for other people that you love. And you could certainly argue that that a dog is not that spot. And I get it. There are some people out there where your dog is like your kid. Yeah, and your dog is, is her baby. Spot. Yeah. But there do come times, I think of us as parents, where if my kid was in danger, I would do anything, you would do including anything. put myself yes. in the danger that they're in. Uh, I would do anything to protect them.
Absolutely. And, you and would I, jump in dangerous waters. You would run in a fire. You would get in front of a bullet. Like anything you, parents would do for their correct. kids. Correct. Yeah. And so you could certainly make an argument about whether a dog fits in under that umbrella. Sure. But I do think it is an insane story that says sometimes you've got to put yourself in danger for the ones that you love. Yeah. And are you going to be willing to do that? Right. Right. And and I think the other, you know, it seems like she didn't make a choice. And right. so that's what's interesting to me is are our instincts sort of self-sacrificial instincts, which I think hers were in this situation, or are our instincts self-preservation instincts? And both are meaningful and powerful in different situations, but when it comes to like actually risking your life for someone else, are you willing to make that ultimate sacrifice? Mm-hmm. Hopefully none of us are having to like fight bears, but obviously I think on even a smaller scale, What does it mean to die to oneself? What does it mean to be willing to die for another person as Jesus has done for us and as Jesus tells us to? Because ultimately we know that's what love is and that's what the evidence of God's presence on earth is, our willingness to be self-sacrificial. That's a great point. I mean, that is the essence of our faith, right? That that Jesus came as a sacrifice for us when we did not deserve it and when we desperately needed it. And, you know, again, this is... Thankfully, this girl, Haley, was okay, yeah. so we can make light of the story a right, little bit. Right. Uh, but but you you see what it does mean. I mean, what she did was pretty amazing. And, yeah. and it does. You joke, I do that for my dog. I do that for my kid. But there is that moment where you go, I'm about to put myself in grave danger. Yeah. And, and you got to make that choice. And and so I, I think there is something to be learned here. So And it reminds us of the gospel. As we like to bring it back, it reminds us of the gospel. That's right. Uh, that Jesus came while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. And that we can hold on to that. Always spin it back. I love how we went from bear fighting to the gospel. Always spin it back. Good job, Brian. (laughs) So we're glad that you joined us today on this Wednesday afternoon. If you've missed any of the show, uh, we would love for you to go back, get the podcast, wherever it is you get your podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Join us tomorrow and Friday, the rest of the week. Got some great interviews ahead of us. And uh, I'm sure some hilarity will ensue. I always like that word, hilarity. Hilarity will definitely ensue. It will ensue. But anyway, we hope that you have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. For Aubrey Sampson, my name is Brian Fromm. You've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.